Good morning. Welcome to Labor Day weekend, I guess. I hope that, uh, and by the way, thank you again for our 50th, uh, we continue to celebrate our 50th anniversary. Uh, that was good. I, that was, I tasted it already. And anyway, <clears throat> when I married this young lady, we got married on September 4th. And of course, it was on a Saturday. Um, and Or was it on Friday? No, it was on a Saturday. Yeah, just like <laughs> yesterday. Anyway, uh, then uh, we only drove a little ways uh, to our honeymoon suite. And then the next day, we went to the North Shore of Lake Superior, which is a tourist place. And we thought we'd take our honeymoon up the north shore of Lake Superior, Minnesota, forgetting that it was Labor Day weekend and there were no rooms in the inn. None. We drove up and down and, and finally we found one. This was day two now of our marriage. I mean, the first day was a honeymoon suite and I'm telling you, we rode high, wide, and handsome. The second day we found a cabin Somebody rented us a cabin for $8 down by Lake Superior. We had to brush our teeth in Lake Superior, had no running water, had an outdoor biffy, you know, bathroom. <laughs> but it did have a bed and, a, you know, and, and uh, shelter over our, our heads. And I told her, I said, this is reality now. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. In... Uh, Oh, I've got a quiz. Of course I got a quiz. You thought I forgot, didn't you? What did one plate say to the other? What did one plate say to the other plate? The answer is, dinner is on me. That, that really was bad one. <laughs> It's a good thing we have a smaller crowd today, otherwise I would have heard this huge groan. Uh, come over, everybody. We are in the book of Revelation, although it won't seem like that today. But our last verse in the verse, uh, book of Revelation that we covered last week is, is, uh, was found in verse 6, going back to verse 5. And this is, again, Revelation is about a person, not just prophecy person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 5 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, we talked about that, unto him that loves, present tense, us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And if you want to know more about the love that Jesus has for us. Of course, all you got to do is look at Calvary, but I mean right now, you can read Romans 8 and uh, you can figure it out for yourself. Anyway, Labor Day is about work and we want to talk about the work of Christ. Now, in John 4, 34, Jesus uttered these words. You know, he said seven sayings on the cross. How many can you name? 
That's all right. I don't know if I got all seven. But one of them was this. It is finished. The Greek word is teletiestiai. It is finished. And uh, so uh, the work of Christ, we want to look at the finished work, the unfinished, and the future work. Fair enough? And it all revolves around Revelation 1 verse 5. Unto him who loved us and saved us, of course, by the shedding of, of his blood on the cross. So we want to want to do that. And uh, <clears throat> so did you get your get your uh, outlines? Everybody get an outline? Right, that's good. By the way, here's a question for you. Why do they call it chili when it's hot? You ever thought about such deep questions? A couple of years ago, we went to the Minnesota Twins game and they sang, take me out to the ball game. Why did they sing, take me out to the ball game when you're already there? You don't know those answers, do you? And one of my favorite is uh, when you're driving bumper to bumper traffic at a certain time of the day, they call it rush hour. And whenever <laughs> you're going so slow, you know, and have you ever noticed that when, when, it's, when night comes, it's night falls and day, what, breaks? Well, you tell me if you know the answers to those questions. Here's the answer to this question. What did Jesus finish? Part of his work now, the finished work, what was it? Here's four answers. Number one, he finished the work of redemption. And that's found in, in um, uh, Hebrews chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Hebrews 9, verse 12. I love this uh, verse. Hebrews 9, 12 says this. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, speaking of Jesus our high priest, by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. What a neat thing. Redeem means to buy back. And we were all in the slave market of sin, every one of us. All have sinned. We were lost. We were on the way to a place called Gehenna, hell, when God in His wondrous plan allowed His Son, the Lord Jesus, to come and redeem, to buy out of that slave market of sin. And, and the price, of course, was His precious blood. So He finished that. That's why He said, it is finished. What else did He do? Well, nothing more was needed for these two things, justification and pardon for the sinner. He finished that. Nothing more was needed for justification. That means to declare righteous. When we put our faith and trust in Christ, He declares us righteous, even though in practicality there are times we are not. But positionally, in Christ, He declares us righteous. And that pardon, that wonderful pardon. 
Now, I've never had to receive a pardon in this earth, earthly life, but I certainly did in the spiritual realm, and the pardon was given. And Jesus finished that. And then number C, or letter C, did I say number C? No further sacrifices are needed. Aren't you glad? I mean, how'd you like to go, and you had to do it in a certain place, you had to do it in a certain way, and there were all kinds, there were seven sacrifices in Leviticus. And uh, four were mandatory, three were voluntary. And, uh, but you know, all that sacrificial stuff. And uh, now, according to Hebrews chapter 10, I don't know why I closed my uh, Bible there, but Hebrews chapter 10 and then verse 8. <clears throat> Hebrews 10, 8. That's not right. Oh, verse 11. Here we go. Hebrews 10, 11. You got to forgive us. We, we just gallivanted all over yesterday for our 50th. We shot, we stopped in farmers markets and stores and restaurants and, and Cabela's and, and, uh, different things, gift shops, Bible bookstore where we deposited much of our money <laughs> down on the bricks. And, uh, so we got home and we went to bed. We were exhausted. We didn't even hear the lightning and thunder last night. We got, a thunderstorm came through. Did it do that here? We got 0.15 last night, and four nights before that, we got 2.4 inches, so which we are grateful. But anyway, bear along with me. Hebrews 10.11, and every priest, talking about the Old Testament, stands daily ministering and offering often the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, Jesus, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Wow. From henceforth expecting his enemies be made his footstool. Wow. Well, how about that? No further need of sacrifices. And then the last thing that's finished, when there's more than this, I'm just, you know, we're talking about the work of Christ, what he finished. And that is this, the demands of the law were fulfilled. The demands of the law were fulfilled. Allow me to read Romans 10, 4. Now that says 10, 14 in your notes. That's wrong. Wrong. And uh, you can't blame anybody but me. That's my handwriting on the notes. It's Romans 10.4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Amen? Huh? It's the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. He fulfilled every bit of it, which you and I could not fulfill. He finished that. He finished that. And here's an extra one for you. You got room on there? Something else he finished in uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 10. He conquered our greatest enemy, didn't he? And that was death. 
You should sneak that in there somewhere. I was thinking about that here a while back. He conquered our greatest enemy, death. In fact, 2 Timothy 1.10 says, But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. That word abolished in the Greek means render inoperative. In other words, it doesn't have the power that it once did. He abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Of course, he did that through the resurrection. Anyhow, he finished all that. So, what's unfinished? Do you ever start something and not finish? I heard a lot of groans on that one. The wives are elbowing the husbands and, you know, that kind of thing. The unfinished work of Christ. By the way, work is ordained of God. And uh, I heard somebody put it this way. For the Christian, your work is the arena of two things. The arena of testimony and provision. Of testimony, where you can let your light so shine before the world through your work and provision you provide for yourself and your family. And that's true. But anyway, getting back to this, talking about our Lord Jesus, the unfinished work of Christ, and that is point A, his intercession for his own. He ever lives, Hebrews 7.25, he ever lives now to make intercession for his own. I don't know about you, but in my own heart and life, that's one of the most things I'm so deeply grateful for, and that is Jesus Christ. Not only is he my advocate, he's my prayer warrior. He is making intercession for me and for you. You say, oh, how can he do it? Well, he's God. <laughs> he is the God man. He's 100% God, 100% man. But I'm thankful it encourages me to know that my Savior loves me enough to pray for me. Amen? Huh? Does that encourage your heart today? See, you were engraved, according to Jeremiah, you were engraved into the palms of his hand. Jeremiah talks about that. And I thought about that. What, what kind of mark... Would that be? And that could be, of course, the nails on the cross. We don't know. But you're engraved in the palm of his hand. He makes intercession for you. Number two, point B, I guess. Why did I do an outline like that? Point B. This is exciting. He is building his church. And that's not true yet. He's not through praying for you. He's not through building his church. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. He is building his church. Acts 15, 14, you know what God is doing today? He's visiting the nations around the world. And he's calling out a people for his name. That's what Acts 15, 14. And the call is the gospel message. And uh, so... When you get into Revelation with me a little further, you will find statements like this. And there were praises from every nation, tongue, and peoples in the world. Not only around the throne, but that's, that's where we'll end up. 
every nation. He's building his church. What I'd like you to see, though, and a lot of people don't realize this, but that did you know you're a stone? In Ephesians chapter 2, and then verse 19 to 22 says this, Paul talking to the believer, uh, Ephesian believers. He, sees, he says, now therefore, you are no more strangers and sojourners, but now you are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Well, we say amen, praise God, but then go on to verse 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief corner stone. So in a symbolic building, you have the foundation. The foundation was the apostles and prophets in the early first century church. That's why there's no, that's one of the reasons why there are no apostles today. You don't build a foundation on the third floor. You build it down here and you build the rest of the building. Is that true? And that's how the building is complete anyway. And Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. All right. And so you are a stone in a symbolic way building the church. His called out ones. And... uh that's kind of exciting because I think when that last stone is put, I think I'm going to hear a trumpet. God has all that in His control. Look at verse 21. In whom all the building fitly framed, God knows how to do it, fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple unto the Lord, in whom you also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. So he is building his church. You're part of that building material if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior. That gets me so excited i got to have some water. And what else has not been done yet, completed? And letter C, he is still inviting people to come to him, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. When Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that are, that labor and are heavy laden. And uh, the invitation is still there. He's still inviting people. And that's not through yet. There will come a time when it is through. And it's found in Revelation 22, when the scripture says, he that is unclean, let him be unclean still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. Time was coming to an end. and But right now, he's still inviting people to come. Those are unfinished work of Christ. And now the future work. And then we will talk about this as we go through Revelation a lot. But uh, the first thing uh, that's in the future, and I believe is the next event in the future, he is, he is coming back to, oh, by the way, John 14, 3. Anybody know that by heart? In my Father's house are many mansions. That's right. I go to prepare a place for you. Come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. The future work of Christ is he's coming back. 
number number A, <laughs> uh, to resurrect. First Thessalonians four sixteen. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we who are alive and remain. He's coming back to resurrect people. He's coming back to reward, point B. To reward. Again, we're really studying Revelation here as well, but Revelation 22, 12. And these are some of the last words of Jesus when he said, And behold, I come quickly or imminently. And my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Alpha and Omega being the first letter of the Greek alphabet and the last. It'd be like A and Z, I guess. Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me. Wouldn't that be great, as you stop and think of it, to hear these words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, no matter if you're a teacher, a janitor, a farmer, a rancher, a politician. No, no, not a politician. Yeah, a politician. Sorry. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. He's coming back then to judge. In John chapter 3 is a startling verse. Everybody loves John 3.16. I do too. Now listen to the words of John chapter 3 verse 36. Last verse of that chapter. It says, He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. And he that believes not the Son shall not see life, but listen to this, but the wrath of God abides on him. Do we understand what the wrath of God really is? It is reserved for people who have rejected the greatest gift he could ever give to rescue mankind. His only son. And that's all connected here. And you go over to chapter 5, and uh, you read verse 24, Verily, verily, Jesus speaking, I say to you, he that hears my word, believes on him that has sent me, has everlasting life. Amen. But then let's finish. And shall not come into con condemnation or judgment, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is, that the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and they, shall, they that hear shall live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has given to the Son to have life in himself. Now catch this verse. And so the Father has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and they shall come forth. They that have done good... Unto, uh, unto the resurrection, 
of life and they that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. You never take a verse out of context and build doctrine around it. If you're going to interpret the Bible, you take it all. If I've seen people point to that and say that, okay, it's a work salvation. If I've done good, I will. That is not what the Bible is talking about. And the only one that can do good in God's eyes through the righteousness of his son Jesus are those who have had his blood applied to him. The point here is he has, he's coming back to judge. We find that also in Revelation. I don't want to get into that. But in Revelation 20, when you read about the great white throne judgment, scary, scary for those who do not know him. So do you remember the great commission at the end of Matthew? Go you into all the world and preach the gospel. But what's the verse before that? It says, all authority has been given unto me, Jesus said. Then he says, therefore, go. Why? Because all authority, every bit of authority in the universe has been given unto the Son. Now what can separate you as a believer from that wonderful love of his Son? Nothing. But how tragic for those who reject his Son. He's coming to judge, to resurrect, to reward, to judge and then he's coming to establish his kingdom. And uh, Revelation 20, verse 6, we'll get to there, but I'll read it. Blessed and holy is he that hath part of the first resurrection. On such, hath, uh, on such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So a little peek of what that will be like when he sets up his kingdom. This is all future work. is found in Isaiah 35 and many other places. So if you want to see, open that marvelous Bible of yours to Isaiah 35. It's got ten little verses. It'll give you a little glimpse of what it will be like. In the kingdom especially around Israel, but of course all around the world. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom like the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Boy, things are going to be different. The curse is going to be lifted. What a time. <clears throat> uh, look at verse 5. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall water break out, and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. And in the habitation of jackals where each lay shall be grass and reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon on that highway. It shall not be found there. But the redeemed, 
shall walk there. A highway just for you. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads and shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. And I got in my Bible, hallelujah, let it happen. I hope my cardiac system hangs in there for a long time because I get a little excited when I read the, these promises of Scripture. Other places talk about, you know, the lion will eat straw like an ox and the wolf and the, and the bear and the lamb, uh, bear and the calf and the wolf and the uh, lamb and all that laying together and so forth. You get the idea. He's going to establish his kingdom. It hasn't happened yet. So, Let's finish this out. For the trusting child of God, the future work of Christ is exciting indeed. Are you ready for it? And then the last prayer of the Bible in Revelation 22:20. even so, come, Lord Jesus. The finished work, it's done. Redemption, justification, pardon, the law fulfilled. The unfinished work, he's still praying for you. He's still building his church. He's still inviting people to come to him. <coughs> he has conquered <coughs> our greatest enemy that goes back with the finished work. The future work, he's coming to resurrect, to reward, to judge, to establish his, his kingdom. It's all about Jesus today. And do you love him for it? All of this is for you, 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 you because he loves you for it. Thank you, Lord, for our time on this Labor Day weekend, and thank you that Jesus came to finish the work, as he said in John uh, chapter 4. My meat is to, fin to do the will of God and to finish the work he has given me to do. So we thank you for that. Thank you for the tremendous truths of what we've just heard and seen in the Scripture. And I pray as we leave this room that we will go empowered by this wonderful knowledge of our Savior who is in absolute total control and who loves us so much. And he's not finished. And in the future, in the consummation, we get to have part. And we rejoice in that. Help us then to understand how important it is to pray for those whom we know whether loved ones or friends who do not know Jesus as their Savior, how dangerous it is to be under the wrath of God should the eyes close in death and there is no more chances. So help us to know that all authority has been given to Jesus and therefore we can go and share this wonderful message. In his name we pray, amen. Well, we're